Paper Cut Podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to the Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Alex Kohut. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I, uh, I own a vintage shop uh, in the Exchange District called The Vintage Saint. I run it with uh, a few different uh, shops in the space, uh, Nettie Min, uh, Vantage Vintage, and uh, Riley Gray Designs. I'm also in a uh, music promotion group called Yes Wave, uh, and I work at Parlor. Cool. Yeah. That's an impressive resume. Yes. Well, thank you. So I saw actually your Facebook profile picture. You're holding a mic. You're singing. Mm. So what is that? Right. I'm also in a band. Okay. Uh, called Pleasure Dens. Uh, it's a four-piece like post-punk noise rock group. And you sing. I sing. Yeah, I yell at people. Mo- I mostly yell at people. What yeah. do you like to yell about? Ooh. Um, like all of the things that nobody really wants to talk about. Just a lot of like self. Uh, uh, image issues, um, problems with masculinity, um, nothingness. Right. What do you mean by problems with masculinity? Well, just like the, the, the stuff that, uh, kind of exists in our society that are issues, toxic masculinity kind of as a, just as a subject. Right. Just because you said, uh, self image and uh, masculinity, I wasn't sure if that was something that was overlapping or if those were. Right. I think, I think there is, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely parts of that that are like, you know, when you're, uh, when you identify as male, there are still things that come with that where you have to be critical and aware of, especially more so these days, which is probably a good thing. Cool. Yeah. And you, you were mentioning things that people don't really talk about that much. So sticking with that toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. do you think that's a conversation um, that should be discussed more openly? that is an ongoing problem that needs to be a little more addressed? Oh, of course, yeah. I think the vast majority of uh, men that uh, identify as men, were born as men, usually don't have that uh, that environment where they can just uh, talk about it, you know? I think that's like the classic cliches that like, like being a guy is like, being strong and silent and yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. So I think that is still a thing that exists for a lot of people out there um, that a lot of individuals are trying to break the habit of. I think that a lot more people are pushing for there to just be more conversation, more communication. Cool. Mm-hmm. So The Vintage Saint yeah. is your business? That's my business, yeah. I've been doing vintage stuff for like eight or nine years now I think and the shop's been there for two so uh, in the exchange at least I've kind of bounced around different places and worked for different people in the city but it's like the one place that I've like actually had uh, I don't know uh, stability for it okay yeah so I actually when we were coming about me asking you for this interview I saw you on the bus and you kind of had your haul and it right. was so interesting to me that you were talking about clothes, the way people talk about cars, right. which is both that I don't really understand. And you're like, right. oh, yeah, I picked up this great 1960 thing. You can tell because of like the thing. I was like, this right. is like car. Like, I don't understand quite. So how are these like, uh, how do you know these things? Uh, well, 
when I first started, it was kind of by chance. I was pretty poor growing up, and so I thrifted a lot when I could, when I was like old enough to like uh, get out and do it. When I went uh, when I went to Massey, I was living in St. Norbert, so I had to bus back and forth every day. And so I'd stop by the Valley Village on my way home, um, and I kind of started noticing a trend that I liked clothes that were a little bit older, but I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and once I had kind of amassed uh, a number of things that I... I like couldn't keep it home anymore. I was like, how do I sell this? How do I get rid of it? And I wound up at Rag Pickers and Chris and Andrews, the owner, she like allowed me to put some stuff on consignment. And after like a month or two, she's like, oh, do you want a job here maybe? And so after that, it was like a year and a bit of just learning about the like cut of clothing and tag, like tags are huge. Uh, identifier for clothes like how old it is the text and the fabric it was used um, to be printed on the stitching and all that kind of stuff but it's really just uh, a matter of like having an interest and then knowing um, where to look for that information there's a lot of stuff online but not all of it is like good information Mm -hmm. you know so yeah um and then I kind of got into uh, textile sciences as just a like passion project on the side. You need um, to explain what textile science. Yeah, it, it's uh, just knowing the makeup of the uh, fabrics and like how it's treated and how to care for it and cool. yeah, it's just like all of the uh, uh, fabrics and textiles that we use currently. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But where yes, do you find yeah. that information, like to study um, textile sciences, or is that like on your own? That was on my own. There's just like stuff online. Like I'm, I'm by no means at all. I didn't know if there was a well class educated. Or I'm, there, I'm pretty sure that you can go to university. Like part of it would be for like, um, well, textiles and and like uh, fashion design and stuff like that cool. would have uh, content like that. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've got a question. Okay. With your with your band. And with your with um, vintage clothes, mm. where does that style play into your band? Like, do you guys have a specific style because you have all this knowledge? Um, no, I think like the uh, the aesthetic for the band is kind of been whatever. Like, I usually wear a button up uh, in like some kind of trouser these days. I, part of it is, um, I guess, just my interest in 80s post-punk stuff like that Ian Curtis and all of those folks just kind of like wearing normal like everyday clothing and still performing it's kind of it looks a little more dressed up now because everyone wears t-shirts this is a pretty like common piece of clothing but I don't think it really has it doesn't really like play in usually everyone just dresses themselves you said you were uh um didn't have a lot of money growing up. Yeah. And you went to thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of like bullying involved in that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That? I don't mean that that's no. question. No. I no, think no, 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 that no. More, no. maybe it's a little more common. It's odd. Yeah. I saw the other day a couple girls on the bus that were dressed completely like saved by the bell. And I actually <laughs> yeah. asked them, I was like, hey, are you guys going to the Living Hour concert? And like, we heard about it, but we're in grade eight. I'm like, you're in grade eight? <laughs> like, but it's like an, a thing to, yeah. I think that it's coming up more to be yeah. shopping vintage. I don't know where where there was a, dis- like it feels like there was a, a handful of decades where that was like a, kind of just 
off the beaten path for people, but the antique store secondhand thing has been around for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I think that like, if you're looking at it as like a classist thing, then maybe there's like that, like if you were in an upper middle class area and you were surrounded by kids whose parents were making six figures that maybe that would be a weird thing. Mm -hmm. But I think growing up in Winnipeg where there's like, you know, there's uh, like I'm Filipino. There's a lot of Filipinos out here. We're thrifty as hell. My other half of my family is Ukrainian thrifty as hell. Like people who just, you know, it's, it's all about the deal And Manitoba has always been like that. So Mm -hmm. I've never been made fun of for like being poor because everyone I knew was poor. I don't like, it was, it was for being annoying. Like I was annoying. (laughs) That was what I got bullied for. But like, otherwise, otherwise I think everyone kind of just doesn't care. And if they care, then they don't have a lot to worry about, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I think if anything, like these days, you'd probably find that like most yuppies are the ones who are getting picked on for being a little extra. Normal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I used to, I used to love thrift shopping. What, what are your thoughts on the state of thrifting in Winnipeg now with Value Village and the prices are raising mm-hmm. higher than ever before? Yeah. Um, like Value Village is kind of a strange case because it's a for-profit, but I think everyone gets caught up in the idea that because they're doing like donation work that they're not that, but they are like half of their business is owned by a private equity firm. And so like, I think that I've heard the, the last night I was talking about this with uh, my partner and she said that her friend had mentioned that Walmart owned a part of it, but it isn't Walmart. It's this like, you know, I think they have like sixteen billion dollars in, in, uh, oh, what was it? Just in investments and other other businesses and assets. They had mm-hmm. sixteen billion in assets, and so in my mind, a place like Value Village, where it's supposed to be like a thrift store, for them, it's this business model where it's like, well, we make so much money. The um, society's kind of changed its tune on secondhand shopping. Most people and their mothers go thrifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for that model to exist, it's like, it gets really hard for people who grew up like me to like go out and buy stuff, but there's still like MCCs, there's still Salvation Armies. Like there may be that like religious affiliation for a lot of these groups, but they're still a charitable organization and they do decent work. So, right. Yeah. Well, what was that? I just heard that big sneeze. Oh, the I was big like, sneeze. I wonder okay. if that yeah, got on okay. the thing. It probably will. That was, that was Craig, <laughs> my roommate, sneezing. <laughs> it it literally Ill. shook the living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite spots, aside from your shop, to hit for, uh, for a good deal? For a good deal? Um, out of town MCCs. Those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, smaller towns uh, just have better deals I don't know like I went to Steinbeck a couple years ago they had rows and rows and rows of really old mason jars Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god mason jars this is when everyone was like using them for cups and stuff I was like yes my house is set I'm ready to be cool or whatever (laughs) Um, and they were super cheap I found a pair of Ray-Bans for $2 they were $200 pair of Ray-Bans out in Steinbeck. Wow. Yeah. I I would recommend spending the money on gas uh, to get out to any number of small towns like Winkler and uh, I think, does Altona have one? I think Altona has one. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like 
Riverton. They're all great. Mm-hmm. All great spots. Yeah. yeah. There is, it's an interesting thing that you say that. I had actually, <clears throat> I'd gone on a road trip with my partner at the time, and we were going, there's this huge thrift store in Salmon Arm. Salmon Arm? Which is in BC. Okay. And it, sounds it like is a, PC a warehouse. It is a warehouse wow. of, like, clothes. The first floor is, like, everything's, like, a dollar or something. Right. And then the second floor is, like, the fancy thing where you can buy, like, a fur coat for, like, $12. Wow. Like, they're separated, so you don't do that. And <laughs> we had picked up a pair of Blendstones. Yeah. And we're like, holy crap, Blendstones. Yeah. And... They're probably so cheap, and we brought them up to the counter, and the woman was like, these aren't a dollar. And we're like, okay. And she's like, we're gonna have to charge you three. And we're like, oh, three, three dollars? And we looked at each other like, no, oh, I don't know what yeah, we can do. No. Like, you know what, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And then someone tried to steal them out of our cart. Oh, wow. This was like a cutthroat uh, wow. thrift store yeah, in no Salmon BC. I'm wow. recommending it to you. <laughs> that's that um i i this happens a lot in the city too uh but mo- like it's usually because i it looks like i work there i guess because my card is so full usually yeah my my uh how i usually go about it is i'll go through every rack and i'll have my cart sitting at the end because if i'm just like in the middle of the aisle with a big cart mm-hmm. people you know so i just leave it at the end and i'll go through all the pieces and i'll put it in the cart like something that i'm remotely interested in i'll put it in the cart and then i'll review it later before i leave for checkout mm-hmm. and like 9 times out of 10 there's always somebody like looking around and like going into my cart and like looking at stuff like there's this like I think it was like 18 or 19 year old dude, like twice my height, mm-hmm. just like going through my stuff. And I'm like, hey man, it's nice stuff. He's like, oh, this is yours? All right, okay. And he's like still looking <laughs> through it. I'm like, no man, like that's, like it's mine. Like, like yeah, you yeah. leave alone, please. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a really odd experience in a thrift store? Not odd, heartbreaking, yes. Oh no. Um, I found this beautiful 1950s coat it was faux fur and i had another one like it in my shop but this one was all like white and cream and the one that i had was like a salt and peppery kind of color Mm -hmm. and uh i guess in the end it worked out all right but i i had i had grabbed this coat and i put it up um like kind of on top of the clothes it was still hanging on the rack and i turn around to grab something else and when i turn back this middle-aged woman had grabbed it and she had walked away and she was on the phone already calling someone. And I just like, I shadowed her for like 10 minutes waiting for her to just put it down. Cause she was calling her, I guess like, I don't know if it was her granddaughter or her niece or something, but she's like, uh, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Would you like it? Like, can I, I can bring it home for you right now. Like, oh and I'm just like standing around, like, just put it down. Just like, <laughs> please. she ended up taking it. But, uh, but that was oh, hard, man. That is wow. heartbreaking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't had any uh, weird things. I've had some like weird like race stuff. Like I have, I I'm only half Filipino, and a lot of the thrift stores that I go to have like Filipino managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one near my place in Wolseley, the manager had like gone to one of the coworkers, one of her coworkers that I know really well, and was like, "Watch out for that brown guy in the corner." And I'm like, "It's like first of all." I spent a lot of money here. I'm mm-hmm. not going to steal anything from you. Secondly, like, I'm also Filipino, man. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That is weird. <laughs> um, so, I took a trip to New York last year, and I ran into this really, really obscure 90s thrift pop-up. Okay. And I went in there, and it had all these 
old school clothing like Space Jam, Clueless, like all of these mm. random things that in the 90s they would have been maybe 20, 30 bucks. Right. But now they were 90, 100 dollars. Especially and I, in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I couldn't yeah. help but wonder like where, and it might be a similar process for you, but where do you go to find these artifacts <laughs> that are now worth so much money? Yeah. It's, uh, it's really weird to like Winnipeg is a different market, um, but uh, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean it's it's usually it usually comes from homes, you know. Um, when you do an estate sale, somebody calls you or you know I've got all the stuff collectors trying to get rid of their things. Um, you usually go to the source, you buy the stuff, and then you flip it. But like for pricing, it's really weird. Like, you know, we're talking about markup on, on items like Champion back in the 80s and 90s. If you're wearing Champion, you were poor. Like, you know, that was um, that wasn't something that people were like frothing at the bit to get. Um, but now I think I think nostalgia has a huge thing with that. A lot of people grew up like lower middle class, middle class. So it's like seeing these things from your childhood or like your older brother or like your dad was wearing it in a photo or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is cool. This looks great. Um, and so there's a lot more stuff like that, that like nostalgia factor where you, they're kind of like now cultural icons because they were, they were around for so long and like so ingrained in our memories that like when we see it, we're like, wow, that's great. Starter, great, cool, champion, great. Um, and so it's kind of easy to find that stuff. Um, because they, they made so much of it and they were selling it like Zellers and like, you know, Walmart and all that in the 90s. Um, so it's not hard to find, but it's like hard to know where to stop the markup because a lot of these places are like in it for the, the uh, I, I don't know, like the, the, the flash, like fast fashion-y kind of thing where it's like, this is cool now. You can get it, but it's like 90 bucks US, you know? Yeah. It's yeah hard to know where to stop with that. Yeah. So for markup on mm -hmm. things that you purchase, mm -hmm. is there? Have you seen some places that kind of do it like ethically or unethically in a way? Like, mm. I know you bought this for this price right. from a charity, right. and now you're marking up this much. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I don't think you should do that. Is there right. how much you buy it for? Does that affect what you sell it? Um. I I don't think so so long as you kind of know what you're doing mm -hmm. you know if you know what the item is worth when you buy it then that's com like something completely different than like I'm buying this for the purpose of making a lot of money mm -hmm. you know I will find a lot of items that are really cool vintage pieces like a t-shirt from the 80s that's like you know a buck 99 and I'll sell it for 10 or 15 bucks mm -hmm. um, this is usually like one of my lowest price ranges at this at the shop but if you buy a t-shirt because it's kind of vintage and you put it up for 30 bucks because it's kind of vintage and you know there's a little bit of internet clout on there you know you just like it's I I mostly just get mad at people for not knowing what they're doing and and overcharging and taking advantage of their their clients mm -hmm. um, because I I've spent a lot of time figuring out how the market works and how vintage selling works and so to approach it in a way that's just about making money is kind of upsetting because that's not what it's about you know it's not about making for me it's not about making money at least you know um, it's about getting the best deal for both parties involved like my shop and the people who are buying it you know mm -hmm. I'm not trying to bleed people dry so I want people to come back Right. But uh, yeah, there, I mean, like if you go on Etsy and you go on eBay, 
where a lot of people are kind of accustomed to buying these days, then going shopping in Winnipeg is like not bad at all. A lot of the vintage shops that are ingrained in the city, like Vintage Glory, rag pickers to an extent because they kind of mostly just do costuming now, but they do still sell sometimes. Um, and uh, PJV and uh, Wildwood Rose just down the block from us, like they all know what stuff's worth. They're buying it generally at a decent price, like even when we're buying through people's homes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I got lost in my own rant. But, um, no, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just... Just buy uh, from people that know what they're doing. Exactly, no. exactly. Because um, otherwise you might be you might be getting uh, cheated right. out of cash. So what is your favorite article of clothing that you've picked up? Hmm. And where did you get it? Oh, it's hard to... I would it's actually hard. be interested in the one that you've sold and the one that you've kept. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Favorite yeah, thing yeah, that you've yeah. ever sold and the favorite thing that you've ever kept, where okay. you got it from. I sold this really, really great World War II uh, jumpsuit. It's like mm. this flight jumpsuit. Um, and I imagine it saw some action because it was like worn through. Um, and it had like, it, it wasn't like just like the normal wear and tear, like it had seen a lot of work. Oh, cool. um, so that I let go of, which was sad. And my most favorite piece, uh, I've got so many clothes right now, like I'm trying to go through everything and like get rid of stuff. So I've like had my hands on everything recently. Um, oh, I found this, uh, like evening coat that's all black what's an evening coat it's uh <laughs> it's a it's Sorry. a type of blazer uh from like i guess i don't know turn of the century to like 1930s oh wow yeah this one in particular is like 1890 ish wow. um and it's got like it's got all the original buttons and all of the original um stitching uh, and I don't wear it because it's hard to, I don't know what I'd wear it with, but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like sits in my closet right now. I was just going to ask, <laughs> like, do you coat check that every time or just yeah. like wear it somewhere cold so you don't have to put it down? I right? haven't yet. If there was like a, in a lot of places in the U S there are people who like wear all vintage, you know, like mm -hmm. they'll like, like meet up and go to the park or they'll have like a bike ride or something. If I, if we had something like that, I'd probably wear it, but I haven't like had the chance to like bring it out because I'm kind of worried about it right Fair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be an interesting did you do you mean a meetup as in like an event where everybody yeah. comes and does that yeah that would be an odd scene like if you were like just riding your bike past Munson Park and everybody is just like Whoa, yeah all, this is what a time yeah. well there's a there was that tweed <laughs> that tweed bicycle ride that I rag pickers used to be a part oh, of cool. or whatever oh, really? yeah and so people would like dress up in their best like tweed stuff and then they'd go on a nice huh. little bike ride together they do that uh, kind of meet up in in the UK a lot I follow a few people who like dress exclusively in like vintage clothes mm -hmm. a bunch of very eccentric people but um, they have like these super massive meetups in like Belfast and like Belfast 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 say Belfast yeah um, <laughs> yeah but we don't have anything like that right now that I know about well yeah well yeah, right. <laughs> this paper cut podcast is where we throw around ideas for future events right, yeah, right. that's what we're all about okay so get, get ready for the first annual uh, tweed bike jam 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> about paper maybe work with Rainbow uh, Rainbow Trout. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Although the tweed mixed with the possibility of sweating, just right. it doesn't sound so attractive. No, no. You're gonna wear <laughs> uh, lightweight. Uh, like wool coats. Okay, you see, you're the person yeah, you yeah. talk to about <laughs> yeah. the, right, the right material to yeah, wear yeah. for this. The textile sciences. Yeah. You yeah. could like make a little like pamphlet. Like, what do you yeah. need to know about your first tweed down? And then you Don't could, overheat. Like, <laughs> yeah, fabrics exactly. to avoid. I feel like lots of skirts would be like what I would want skirts, to wear, but totally. then it would be like you can't wear a skirt on a bicycle. Or can uh, you? Long, long skirts, because you have to remember, too, that women were still biking uh, in the turn of the century, and the whole garb was dresses and skirts. That's, that's why. Dangerous. That's why the That's why the, the curb right, goes like so the, low, so that mm. your leg doesn't go all the way up when you're you're going oh, over the bar. The so keep it keep it low, and then your skirt, supposed to be sitting below the knee, <laughs> right. just stays below the knee as you bike along. Okay. We can actually make this bike jam happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you can just wear like Spanx or whatever. Well, oh, yeah. underneath. Underneath. Like, yeah, not just. Just wear like a blouse and Spanx. And just, <laughs> just yeah. Spanx. Welcome yeah. to the Tweed Red. Yeah. Um, Alex, we are running out of time. I've okay. got one more question for you. Sure. Because I've had this issue before. Olivia, I'm sure you've had this issue before too, where you have nice clothes and you don't want to get rid of them. So do you end up hoarding a uh. lot of clothes that you just like are so beautiful you can't see it go yeah yes yes i i think for the most part it's just like being objective you just got to try and be objective about it like am i gonna wear this is this gonna be worth anything for maybe like kids or like cousins or anything like that in the future so i just try my best to be objective which is like what i'm doing now and it's very hard yeah it's gotta be hard yeah yeah there's things that i've had since grade seven and i'm just like ah you know the nostalgia factor like i just can't (laughs) yeah exactly right yeah so just uh stay headstrong and keep keep putting stuff into bags and releasing it back into the world if you can <laughs> yeah totally yeah one more question okay we did not talk about yes wave oh, at yeah. all. i yeah. just want to know your role in that i have no idea i have no oh, idea <laughs> i just joined up there there are a couple of buddies of mine and they've been putting on shows and they've been wanting to do better and recently we've been doing better um right now i just try and make sure that they stay on top of their stuff because both of them are booking shows individually who are the so, people that uh, are booking shows? uh jory uh and uh george uh I, I don't i don't know how to, sorry jory i don't know how to say your last name strachan yeah I yeah think that's right i think that's right but he's like I don't know. He's from Kenora. He probably has an accent in there. I read it Strakan. 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 I think it's Strakan. Joy Strakan and George Penner. Um, cool. And so uh, yeah, they they book different shows. I've been getting them to meet up more often. We're communicating more regularly, doing better promotion. I think that's for the most part. I just bridged the gap between the two of them because for a long time they were operating almost individually, mm-hmm. but just through Yes Wave. And so now it's we're all working as a team. Cool. More and more. Yeah. And so Yes Wave is a booking a booking agency. Yeah, like a like a show promotion slash tour booking thing. Like the both Jory and George will work with other bands from out of town or in town and put together their tour for them. Um, I just I have no I have no capacity for that. I just like talk to artists when they're in town. I network. That's kind of my thing. Cool. So yeah. One tip about thrift shopping. Go. Uh, one tip, the tip. Buy uh, one thing that can pay for the whole purchase. So if you if you get ten items, uh, get one item that can pay for that whole trip. 
Oh, like in in terms of value. Yeah, if you can yeah. if you can flip it or like if you can you sell it on Kijiji oh. or something, and then you make your make some money back. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming thanks, by. Guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate you cutting deeper with with, us. with paper, paper cut, cut podcast. podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Just a reminder, you could find all of our cuts online at papercutwinnipeg.com. Here's a cut from our interview next week with Charlotte Friesen. When I'm, I, even when I'm writing a part, like I might not even think about the part. I might even actually think about the tone before I even write a part. And I think that's really inspiring for me.